0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
1: There is a place where time stands still where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Take it in
2: the guts, Barry. And part, the Australian culture okay. simple
0: questions, correct answers, you, and you go through that doorway to the greatest that has come Hi, Annie here for Showreel. Showreel is all about what Australian filmmakers and moving image makers are doing in the Australian industry. And today we're with filmmaker Nick Buckler and revisit his film The Healing. The Healing is a fascinating film that follows the recovery when a group of traumatized vets regain their own lives when they learn to retrain damaged ex racehorses the healing is doing a countrywide theatrical tour with Q&As during november with november the 9th at the nova as part of the melbourne league i spoke with nick buckler just before the series of screenings began We've spoken about The Healing before, but um, because it's such a fabulous film uh, and very positive, I mean, it's called Inspirational. It really is, isn't it? Tell us about the film so that people can remember um, the film, The Healing.
3: Look, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think The Healing is an inspirational film. And, um, you know, I I originally was approached by, by Scott Brody in New South Wales Um, He was running an equine welfare program where he was retraining ex thoroughbred racehorses so that they could have second careers and second lives after their uh, racing careers were over. Um, And then he he started working with, uh, he started getting some um, uh, military veterans involved to help him retrain the horses and uh, in teaching them horsemanship skills and and how to go about retraining the horses. uh, The veterans started to get really amazing breakthroughs in their in their mental health. Um, and they'd been struggling with things like anxiety and depression and PTSD, um, and they hadn't been able to find help with you know, traditional methods of counseling and therapy and uh, medication. So the horse, working with the horses was a really new thing for them and something that I guess initially they were pretty nervous about. Um, but then it became evident the more they worked with Scott and the horses, um, you know, the more they were able to really achieve some, some breakthroughs in their lives.
0: Yeah, it's, it's actually quite amazing. Um, now, we'll remind people that uh, uh, Scott Brodie is a expert horse person, but he's also a former senior constable with the New South Wales Police. So he had lived experience of the uh, trauma that the uh, vets and uh, first responders uh, were dealing with, didn't he?
3: He did, you know. He was a he was a uh, he was a mounted policeman uh, for New South Wales Police Force, um, and you know, obviously saw some pretty tough things, and certainly knew other people uh, working for the police that have been through some really really full on trauma. And he he was aware that some of these jobs, like you know, being a military veteran or being a first responder, um, you know, they really exact a toll. When you're serving the community, you're also often facing. You know, really life and death situations. Um, so he's actually now started in the last, I guess, three or four years with his program. He's also started working with first responders. So the program now takes um, you know, veterans and, and ex-firemen and police officers and paramedics and um, anyone really that's that served the community in, in any of those uh, roles.
0: And, and I was actually really taken by the fact that uh, it also encompassed some of these people's stories were encompassing things like aggravated sexual assault and um, bullying uh, within the services that they were uh, living, uh, working and living in. And so, yep. of course, this is a real... Really difficult situation to come through, come out of, because that you've made decisions to give your loyalty to this organisation, and it turns on you.
3: Yeah, very much. Look, very much. I mean, when we went to film, you know, the the, the group of veterans that you see in the in the movie, um, we went to film that course. I mean, I didn't know, um, I didn't know what their traumas were prior to filming. You know, so. I guess when I was talking to the crew on the way to the shoot, we were imagining that most of the trauma would be um, combat-related, you know. Um, And in fact, that turned out not to be the case. So, you know, the more I interviewed the veterans in my film, but also other veterans that they introduced me to who don't appear in the movie, um, it became evident that the way the military treats people while they're serving in the military um, can be a huge source of trauma for many of them
0: yeah now and there's something about your film uh on a whole lot of levels. You have this capacity to actually bring us into incredibly intimate moments. you're uh how did that come about? because people were very trusting of you.
3: look, i think I think they were a great bunch of people. I mean, you know, they understood that for the film to have a real resonance for the audience, the audience needed to understand pretty acutely what some of these traumas um, were that they'd been through. You know, initially the first couple of days was really just filming the, the veterans and their interactions with, uh, with the horses. It wasn't, there weren't any in- interviews at all. Um, and then when I said, look, you know, we need some, some context for the audience about why you guys are here on this course. Um, they understood that they needed to reveal some of the things that that had happened to them and some of the things that they'd been through, uh, but it wasn't easy for them. You know, um, they really did it. Uh, I think they did a really courageous thing by revealing some of those uh, incidents. And we're only in the film. We're only talking about really one main incident per veteran. Um, for those that haven't seen the film, there's two men and two women in, in the in the movie. Um, the talk one that each person talks about, you know, one incident that they found very traumatic. But in fact, there were many more than that. You know, um, for each person, it, it often wasn't just one um, event. One event may have been a, a catalyst, but then often there were other things that contributed to, you know, them them, you know, suffering extreme anxiety or depression or post traumatic stress disorder that that type of thing. But um, yeah, looking answer to your question. You know, how did it become so intimate? Um, I always wanted to make a very intimate film in in terms of you've got this enormous landscape um, where the course takes place in Kangaroo Valley. It's a really big, beautiful, open space. But the interactions between the human beings and the horses in the film, um, they are very intimate. You know they are very they're in very close proximity to each other when that that healing uh, connection starts to happen. So yeah, in my mind, I always wanted the audience to feel like that they were on the course um, with the people, and I wanted them to feel like that sense of um, a very up close connection to the horses.
0: Yeah, well, you you achieved it. I mean, your previous films were about the um, things like a, a boxer. Uh, trying to achieve his dream. Uh, I mean, yep. and and the, in a sense, there's a certain uh, personal vocabulary that's uh, uh, happening within your films. And the thing that's it's so fascinating about this film, of course, is not just that it works. I love the fact that it works for these people and the horses. Um, it's so positive. But uh, the fact that the horses themselves are traumatised,
3: yeah, yeah, very much, yeah. I mean, look, the horse that we focus on uh, mostly in the film, um, Baz, he used to uh, race by the name Bazicone. Um, you know, Scott had retrained hundreds of horses before before Baz came along, and I remember Scott telling me that Baz was probably the most problematic horse that he'd ever worked with. And, you know, he, I think, had had Scott not put in the time and the effort to retrain Baz, um, rehabilitate him, um, you know, he would have ended up in a really bad way and like like many horses do. And um, I think the veterans get a lot of um, joy out of knowing that the work they're doing retraining um, these damaged horses is giving these horses an opportunity to have a new life, you know, and have a new, new career as a, obviously like a recreational horse or a therapy horse or, or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah, it's, it's quite extraordinary because it really does bring into a, uh, to perspective humans and their relationship to, to other uh, animals and nature. I mean, there's so many things going on in this film and the thing that's really fascinating about it is that you actually see people learning new skills that build trust, patience and confidence, these incredibly yep. important human resilient uh, elements
3: yeah, very much. I mean, I think um, you know, when the veterans and the first responders when they're employed and um, you know, m- most of them and I mean really high percentage of them when they were in their jobs they they loved what they were doing. You know, like they really found it like it was their life's passion and it was almost like a calling. I mean, many of the veterans, most of the veterans I spoke to joined the military straight out of high school, you know. And um and that that and those jobs were very much what they loved doing, but there was also, there was a real sense of that was their identity. And I think when they were no longer able to function in those roles and then they were outside of the military or, you know, those first responder groups, um, many of them fell through the cracks of organisations that were, are supposed to help them, you know, and working with the horses and learning horsemanship skills and achieving um, some just really practical uh, milestones with the horse I just gave them a whole sense of um, uh, what would you call it? You know, like a whole sense of um, you, they started to get some identity back as people that were able to achieve things. Yeah. You know? um, it gave them something very tangible to focus on in a very practical way. It was a m- million miles away from you know, like a like a talking therapy where you might sit down and talk with a therapist about your problems. I mean, these these veterans they tried that, you know, and, it, and that hadn't worked for them. So, so to be out in the country working with Scott and 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 helping retrain these horses was a very new thing, but it really gave them a great.
0: Um, it just gave them a
3: great uh, focus.
0: Well, it, it's it's challenging and um, similar to the talking therapy, which bypassed them is that you have to be the one that actually learns the new skills. It's you that gets. Um, confronted with your own self and you're the one that has to actually build your own resilience and new self. Um, and that's why yep. it appears as if nothing's happening when people are talking, but uh, they get confronted with something and it shocks them. And the thing about stress is that it creeps up soundlessly behind you and touches you on the shoulder and then floors you to the ground. And many people mm. are completely unaware of the uh, debilitating nature of uh, mental anguish on your physical self
3: mm, mm yeah yeah look I mean w- one thing we noticed on day one of the course uh, filming is just how introverted the veterans were you know their body language was literally turned inwards they they really had trouble kind of making eye contact and and um, and maintaining that sort of eye contact um, they seemed really quite nervous, not, not just of us, but of each other, of, of uh, the horses, um, you know, and I remember thinking this is a really tough way to try and get through life, you know, yeah. the, the place that they're in is, um, look, I wouldn't have said hopeless, but I, I would have said um, very difficult, you know, um, and, and honestly, after two or three days of them working with Scott and these amazing horses, you could really see the body language start to change. You know, their shoulders would, you know, started to drop. They started to relax. They started to interact with each other much more. Um, there's just a greater sense of freedom and joy started to appear. You know, yeah. Um, and that was just really remarkable for, for for us to see as the as the crew filming it. Um, and then by by day five, you know, the the breakthroughs they were having not just with each other and their own body language and stuff, but also they were they were starting to achieve things with the horses. Um, and I remember sort of, yeah, on the last day, looking at the, uh, just looking at the body language and the faces of the veterans and just marvelling at how far they'd come, you know, in, in five days. Like some of them seemed like completely different people.
1: Have fun on Melbourne Cup Day, but without the cruelty by saying nup to the cup. Join Coalition for the Protection of Racehorses and Ten Fingers on Tuesday, 7th of November for fashions on the field at the Flemington Bowls Club from 11am. Live music, DJs, delicious food, lawn bowls, outlandish dress-ups and human races. Let's celebrate animals, not exploit them. Visit nuptothecup.org for tickets. Help us make the first Tuesday of November a party for the animals. Up to the cup is a three CR supporter. Here
2: comes the sun, doo-doo-doo. here comes the sun. And I say it's all right.
0: we are on Showreel with Annie. We're listening to a chat I had with filmmaker Nick Buckler about his film The Healing. When I first spoke to you about this film, uh, Scott Brody, being a very clever fellow, had come to you to make a film because he really needed support, didn't he? Financial support to keep this yep. quite obviously uh, successful therapy going. But yep. he had to prove it. And uh, this is where yes. the film came in, right?
3: That's right. Look, you know, um, I I was approached and they basically said, look, we really need some, we're we're explaining to funding bodies and uh, the Department of Veteran Affairs and people like that. When we explain what we're doing with the horses and the veterans, people love the idea. And then they say, have you got anything to show us? And we don't have any, we don't have anything. We don't have any footage. Um, Would it be possible for me to come and film a couple of days and um, put something together, you know, that demonstrated what, what they were doing visually? Uh, so I said, sure. And I took a a crew up there and then after a couple of days, we were all really excited about what we were seeing. So then we decided to stay for the whole five day course. Um, and then after that, it became evident that, you know, Scott said, Scott said to me, he said, look, what, what I do here over the five days is, you know, the lights start to turn on for people and it's really amazing. Um, but what I don't want to do is uh, what I don't want for them is that then they, then they then go back to their lives, um, in the city, which are often very dysfunctional and they fall apart again, you know? Um, So I encourage them to keep volunteering with my program. They can help other horses. They can help other veterans. So I thought that was a really great practical thing where people could stay involved. It wasn't just five days and then see you later. You know, they were really able to stay involved with what he was doing. Um, And then, you know, and then I realized of the four, three of them were very regularly um, working with Scott. You know, they were they kept volunteering. They kept turning up and learning horsemanship skills and, and helping the horses. So that's when I really decided to film the 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 will make the film over a much longer period of time than I anticipated. And and, and as you've seen in the movie, it becomes like a four-year journey, three and a half, four-year journey where we follow the veterans and the horses. Um so now we have something really tangible to show people. You know, now we have a four-year picture of people going through some all sorts of ups and downs, but really coming to pretty remarkable, you know, breakthroughs in their lives. And and it's it's really the film now. We, we screened it at a Parliament House last year for the Department of Veteran Affairs and, and a lot of politicians. Um, it's also been screened for the full staff of the Royal Commission into Defence and Veteran Suicide, um, who really love the film. So with this upcoming cinema tour, then the film will also be available uh, to rent or buy online online. Um, just the, the the word about what Scott's doing is going to get out more and more, you know, um, and so I think um, as much as this film can help get him ongoing funding so he can continue what he's doing, then fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's very seductive to see something that actually works. I mean, people like to think that, uh, you know, uh, that thing about hitting children is uh, the way of making them into a good person. Actually, it's not. Uh, It's the uh, gentle therapeutic approach that actually has long term results. Um, so, yep. And your film actually shows this, quite, and it's fantastic. Um, talk, let's talk about the national Q&A screening and Q&A tour. Uh, I know you're coming to Melbourne on the 9th of November, uh, yep. Thursday. It's going to be at 7pm and it's going to be at the Nova. Um, That's you've right. Made, you've made an arrangement with a, th- a group called Good Film. Tell me about That's that.
3: That's right. Look, good film. Um, I was looking, I was looking, A, I wanted to get a mainstream publicist um, and I ended up with uh, getting someone called Nicole Huron, who's been fantastic, um, reaching out to, reaching out to mainstream, you know, um, uh, publicity outlets, uh, mainstream media outlets for us. Um, But I also wanted a group that were able to reach out to veteran organisations, first responder organisations, mental health advocates, horse and animal lovers, there's a a lot of kind of more niche uh, groups that I think will be very interested in the film. So, you know, I was thinking, well, how do we reach out to all those groups and talk to them about the film and how they can see it? So um, I was, someone talked to me about a good film and what they were doing in the Australian documentary space. And then I contacted them and I've just had a fantastic time with them ever since, you know, just really, really very professional, very bright people um, who are now helping us reach out to those organizations. But have also been really amazing at helping set up these um, Q&A event screenings in the capital cities. And um, and we're now looking now that the word's gone out that we're having these um, screenings in the capital cities. We're also getting a lot of requests from regional areas in Australia to hold screenings in cinemas in their country towns, you know, potentially as fundraisers for uh, Scott's organisation, Horse Aid. So, um, you know, there's I I have a feeling that this initial cinema release is actually just um, normally it would sort of be like the finale of the film, you know, getting the film out there to the cinema, but I actually think the cinema release will just be the beginning of probably a 12-month rollout of the movie, you know. Um, so, yeah, so good film have been really, they've just been fantastic to work with.
0: So the uh, Nova screening, which is on Thursday the ninth at 7pm, is going to yes. include you and uh, some others
3: yeah, so Scott Brody will be there, and and Mel Baker, one of the veterans in the film, who who is also um, who has also become the film's associate producer. They'll both be on the the Q and A panel with with myself. Um, and we'll also have a really exciting um, guest to announce soon, who is going to introduce the movie and also moderate the, the Q and A. So, you know, people are keen to see the film on the big screen. Um, I know there's not a lot of tickets left. The, the, the cinemas have been selling really well in different states. So, if people do want a ticket, then um, jump on the Good Film website. Um, do you want me to give out the, the, yeah, the details go of where to book? It. Yeah. So it's so it's Good G O O D dot film f i l m backslash the healing
0: so mm. good dot
3: film backslash the healing if you go there you'll see all the capital cities are listed um, and it's very easy to book a ticket um, and um, like I said the Nova screen, your, screening is selling really well so um, get in fast if you if you want to get a ticket
0: thanks for talking to me today Nick and congratulations
3: oh thanks Annie I appreciate it great always great talking to you.
0: That's it for Sharil this week. Today we will with the filmmaker Nick Buckler and revisit his film The Healing. The Healing is a fascinating film that follows the recovery when a group of traumatised vets regain their own lives when they learn to retrain damaged ex-racehorses. The Healing is doing a countrywide theatrical tour with Q&As during November with November the 9th at the Nova as part of the Melbourne League Coming up next is Published or Not
1: A lap is high, Like a river You only read What you saw I hope it's good What you give her in return for what you grow Oh, I'm going down Down the river today I'm jumping in the water Wash my sins away And I'll end a story From long ago Well, I'm jumping in the water Wash my soul in the rivers of our people moving Like a river on its way to the sea And we're sorry, all they do give her Is nothing but tears and tears. I'm going down, down the river today I'm jumping in the water, wash my sins away And I'll listen to a story from long ago. But I'm jumping in the water, wash my soul in the river oh, i better be careful what we give her, cause it's just like society, for if there's hope, hope for the river, you know there's hope for you and me. Life is like Like a river You only read What you sow I hope it's good What you give her In return